The Buffalo Beat is brought to you by GameTime, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Did you know Bill's tickets prices tend to drop right before the game starts? GameTime tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, then shows you all the best last-minute deals with prices up to 60% off. Now, it's really as easy as a two-tap checkout. You get in the app. It's simple, quick, easy to navigate. And then even if you're looking for sports tickets, uh, you can also look for music tickets, concerts, theater tickets, a bunch of different stuff on there. So go ahead, figure out uh, what what uh, you want to go to on the GameTime app. And more than 12 million fans have downloaded that GameTime app and discovered the fastest, easiest way to get into the game. Well, the Buffalo Bills certainly made it interesting, and by interesting, I mean he they almost made their fans want to vomit at times in the game against the Miami Dolphins. A, a win that would be best described by the word, ugh. But a win nonetheless. The Bills beat the uh, Miami Dolphins by a score of 31 to 21. Welcome everyone into the Buffalo Beat. My name is Joe Biscalia. With me as always, Matthew Fairburn. Thank you as always for joining us here, however you do it, whether it's on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whichever service you do, or even on the Athletic Podcast Player, um, which by the way, if you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe. So that way you can get our uh, subscriber-only podcast, which pops out on Thursdays. But Matthew, this game, oh man, it was ugly to start and raised a whole lot of questions, especially heading into a much more difficult game next week. I'm sure we'll get into that a bit, but that first half at times was brutal. Yeah, it was um, almost the whole time pretty brutal. Uh, And I think the, you know, certainly coming away with a win, being five and one, when you zoom out and take the big picture view, not a bad thing, uh, you know, and they've found a way to win a lot of games just like this. The problem is that this opponent was supposed to be one where it should have looked a lot easier than it did. And I think you could probably say in all three phases, and four if you want to count coaching or if coaching touches all, all three, but in every facet of this game, I, I felt like there were red flags about this team popping up not being able to finish drives on offense. It wasn't the turnovers today, but it was not being able to finish drives, uh, you know, pressure on the quarterback and and him not exactly handling it well. Defensively, I mean, letting Ryan Fitzpatrick and the Dolphins do what they did uh, on those two long touchdown drives before halftime. Special teams, they had their moments, uh, including the fake field goal, um, you know, sneaking through. And... I mean, you have to almost I mean, coaching. They made their adjustments, and I'm not going to say Brian Dable had a, a horrendous game or anything because uh, it's always hard to do in real time, uh, question play calling. But I mean, just in general, the team coming out flat. I'm not sure anybody would deny that, mm-hmm. and it's a, a tricky coaching challenge, um, just in general, to get a team up to play a team like the Dolphins. But um, coming out of a bye week 
to be as flat as they were for as long as they were was definitely a, a bit of a concern. And I don't think against another team playing that way, uh, there might be too big of a gap to make up in the, the second half, even though you know they did turn things on and play a much better second half. It was rather odd that the first half, the defense looked as bad as it has the entire season. And against easily the worst. Yeah. Now I know Matt Milano represents a ton to their defense and definitely makes life easier. And uh, I tracked the snaps during the game um, play by play. And it was very interesting that after I think it was either the, the first or second defensive, after the first one, the dolphins went from going basically all three wide receiver to, essentially forcing the Bills to be in base defense from there on out. Um, That kept Maurice Alexander on the field. It put Lorenzo Alexander in a spot where he had to make more tackles and be that guy that flies all all over the field, the Milano role, and it it just wasn't working. And they were able to pop off with a bunch of big runs and a lot of sustained drives. I mean... Jordan Poyer mentioned that a lot of the runs... The Dolphins used the same uh, runs that the Colts used last ah, year. Yeah, and you know Lorenzo Alexander mentioned with the pulling tight end, and um, I think you were there when he mentioned that sometimes your eyes aren't as crisp um, coming out of a bye week um, as they might be, you know, week to week or, or whatever. But well, in that case, they're lucky they had the Dolphins because they're lucky. They need to be a lot more I mean. crisp that yeah, next week. That's what I mean. Where you know you get off to that type of start, or you know. Dig yourself, you know, it was only a five-point hole, but it could have been a lot worse if they were playing against a, a more legit team. And it's a li- it makes you wonder why more teams aren't hitting them with those Colts runs if they're giving them that much problem. Um, especially, I mean, there's not much on that Dolphins offensive line, and they were manhandling the Bills. So mm-hmm. uh, that type of stuff, look, defense has been really good all year, and will probably continue to be really good, but a game like that makes you question whether they can take it from good to great, you know, or really good to great. And, you know, I think the great defenses dominate a team like this. And really, same goes for the other side of the ball. But I will give the defense credit on, you know, Tredavious White making – two huge plays, forcing the fumble and getting that interception. Jordan Phillips uh, making that play right after the fake field goal to push the Dolphins back. Which set up the interception. Which set up (laughs) the interception. So they played a much better second half. uh, But Ryan Fitzpatrick should not lead two 75-yard touchdown drives. The the Dolphins, the Bills had not allowed two. I wrote this down at some point during the game. The, the Bills hadn't allowed two offensive touchdowns in the first half in any game before this one. And coming into this game, the Dolphins had two first-half t- touchdowns on offense all season. Man. So, I mean, weird to say the least, but also, you know, just a little bit of a concern because, like you said, they are going to play better teams, including one next weekend uh, that's coming to town in the Eagles that – you know, that's a pretty good offensive football team. How about this? On that that drive that ended up being uh, being an interception, which 
by Tredavious White, which turned around the entire game, um, including penalty plays. The Dolphins were on the field for 19 consecutive plays on offense. That drive took more than half of the third quarter. We were into the fourth quarter and only on the second possession of the entire half when the Bills had the football. I mean, it was a soul-sucking drive that very closely had the Bills beat. Like, if they, if they put punch it in and make it 21-9, we're probably talking about the Bills blowing it against the Miami Dolphins. It, you know, they could have come back because, you know, the offense kind of turned it on, but it also seemed like that Tredavious White play, or the Jordan Phillips play at first to set it up, and then the Tredavious White interception, it seemed like the entire team just woke up because they were asleep for the entire first half. The offense was horrid. They were dropping passes. They couldn't get anything established on the run game. The defense was just getting gouged on run plays by such a substandard offensive line that the Dolphins have. I mean, this should have been a blowout for the Bills. The fact that they were asleep for a half and still won it by 10 points tells you all you need to know about the Dolphins, too. I would even say that given the way the Dolphins played, this still should have been a blowout. I don't think that the Dolphins necessarily played like, you know, you got the Dolphins' absolute best shot and survived it. You know, it was an okay game for Mm -hmm. Ryan Fitzpatrick that had some Ryan Fitzpatrick moments. Mark Walton is a decent back. He's not uh, on his way to Canton. The offensive line was missing its starting center. Arguably, their best player got ejected on the second play of the game. Uh, like <laughs> with with Howard you know, and Rashad Jones out. Yes, right. Christian Wilkins, Xavier Howard. Yeah, a defense that was short. Xavier Howard and Rashad Jones then lost Christian Wilkins because he <laughs> threw a punch at Cody Ford on the second play of the game. The Bills' offense needed to target Ryan Lewis, who was cut from this team and has been on three teams since he he was cut from this team in August. The Dolphins picked him up five days ago, and he was on the field covering John Brown one-on-one with Be- no help. Because they suffered another injury, who was the guy filling in for Xavier Howard. <laughs> so, yeah, they should have blown this team yeah. out. And the fact that they didn't, you know, there's no strength of victory in the NFL. And, you know, it doesn't mean that they're less likely to make the playoffs. Five and one, you're 85% chance to make the playoffs since 1990 so uh, pretty good shot if mm-hmm. they don't make it it'll be um a rare occurrence a rare collapse and they've got a, a schedule that and this is what we talked about right the whole checking off wins thing maybe you're uh doing it in pencil after yeah, this week right. because if they look like that against the dolphins then you know, the Redskins aren't automatic in a couple of weeks. Um, you know, certainly Cleveland, Philly, D- Dallas, Baltimore, Pittsburgh even. You know, nothing is, is automatic in the NFL in general, but it's certainly not automatic if you play games like that. And that this team is still capable of a game like that is somewhat noteworthy given that I mean, really, we're still sitting here waiting for the Bills' offense to put together four quarters. Mm. And Josh Allen was great in the second half, but you'd like to see it for four quarters from, um, you know, especially when 
the defense could have used it. Uh, could have used you know some of those field goals turning into touchdowns and uh, you know things of that nature. So some cause for concern. Mm-hmm. Um, but big picture, five and one. Yeah, they're escaping these games. Josh Allen's playing well in the fourth quarter, which is important. But eventually he'll have to keep up in a first half, or the you know margin in the second half will be too big to make up. Mm-hmm. And you won't be able to pull it out of your hat. So that's the next test. And there's not too many teams that can test them that way this season. But I think one of them's coming to town next week. Oh, for sure. Um, I mean, yes, you, you cannot take away the fact that they put together a really good second half on both sides of the ball. I mean, the defense stepped it up when they needed to. They forced a couple of turnovers. Um, the... Let's see. They allowed a drive in the fourth quarter that which was basically the Bills trying to, you know, get out of the game at that point, but the the Dolphins continued to drive it down. They that was their lone scoring play of of the second half. But on offense, going from I'm not going to count the Micah Hyde touchdown uh, on their on their record here. But for the offense? For the offense, no. No, yeah, that's but, a special team but score. 15 points for them, a couple of touchdowns. Uh, looked like they were moving the ball a lot more, um, a lot more capably. Uh, Josh Allen was hitting on his throws. They weren't dropping the passes. Them getting to wake up the way that they did was, that is encouraging. But, again, why not just a, a coast-to-coast game against a team that you should have just beaten soundly? And... I don't want to like make this sound like you know that this was the worst performance ever, which it wasn't. It's just it was a bit sobering more than anything because if you're a Bills team at four and one, if you're just looking at it without knowing the minutia of how you got to four and one, um, how the opposing team got to zero and five, if you look at it and say four and one against zero and five, you're like, yep, that should be a pretty consistent win and one that shouldn't trouble you trouble you all that much then you add all of the other stuff into it like the Miami Dolphins basically torpedoing their entire roster this year and having a very low amount of talent in comparison to what the Bills have on the field and the fact that they had to sneak it out really at the end that's that's sobering in itself but they, they are 5-1. and one. They'll probably let this serve as their wake-up call without losing. Because now they know Philadelphia is going to come into town with a ton more going for them than what Miami has. And it's at home, so they have that working for them. But still, they need to be so much better against Philadelphia than they were against the, this Miami team. Because what, what they did today against the Dolphins is simply put not good enough to beat playoff teams. Oh, not, not even close. No. Uh, not even close. I mean, and I think that's the difference, right, is that the, er, the way they've played early in the season, the results they've gotten and, and what they've done, I think has adjusted the expectation from fans to the point where people are looking at this team and – wondering if it can make some noise in the AFC, mm-hmm. not just if it can make the playoffs. Like I said, at this point, certainly they don't 
seed the playoffs after six games, but five and one gives you a damn good shot historically, especially given how down the AFC is this year. And we talked on Thursday about all the weird things that were happening in the AFC, and then Patrick Mahomes goes and gets hurt. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there's a lot of opportunity to maybe win a playoff game Mm -hmm. uh, if they get there. But not playing like that. And I think that's the difference. You, I'm not going to sit here and say that, you know, you shouldn't feel good about 5-1 and one, or you shouldn't feel good that they won today. But I think it's okay to have the reverse as well, right? Where you, you sit there and say, I mean, you know, beating the Dolphins by 10 isn't, isn't it. That's, mm-hmm. not, that's not good enough. And needing a you know trademark Fitzpatrick interception <laughs> where he thinks he can fit it into a window that's not there you know to to get that that win cuz really like you said if that, that doesn't happen and they get into the end zone it's 21 to 9 at that point 21 to 9 With, after a long yeah. long drive not an insurmountable lead and who knows maybe Fitz would have done something in the fourth quarter to help them out. But, you know, that would have been a, a daunting task for the offense, the way it was playing. So 98 yard drive w- was solid and, and they've done, they've done things at various points during this five and one stretch that are definitely encouraging, but this looked like even on defense, the defensive game reminded me of last season where You knew they had a really good defense last year. I don't think anybody really questioned that. They certainly allowed some big point totals, but the offense didn't do them a lot of favors. But you saw moments like they had today, you know, games where they were getting gashed on the ground and pushed around up front. And maybe Matt Milano is just that valuable. He Um, is. I I think he might be. And I think that's part of it. I think, you know, they were definitely getting tossed around up front a little bit, which is concerning, but... You know, there, like you said, there were some some sobering parts of this game. I think for a lot of people, and um, I don't really, you know, I'm not sitting here saying if Josh Allen were better or if the defense. It was all around. I think the whole team came out really flat, and that'll happen now and again. And they're now good enough to pull it out, but you know, you need to have a little bit more of a four quarter effort to win games against good teams teams that are making an effort to win here's one area of what i would call major concern with the team's young quarterback he didn't turn the ball over today which was good in that respect and it's something that we have been wanting to see from him not having that one moment although it certainly seemed like it when he was like spinning around toiling around and then finally got sacked after like having the ball for 10 seconds it seemed like he was very close to making that that uh, just back-breaking interception, but didn't go against them. But the one concerning area that I have from this game that has been, for the most part, cumulative over the course of the season, why hasn't their big-arm quarterback been able to hit on a deep pass? I mean, it's he missed another glorious opportunity down the right sideline to John Brown, um, which would have created... It would have taken John Brown's day from 83 yards to, whatever, 120, 130 yards. And because 
83 yards and a touchdown is, is a good day for John Brown, but in no way was it indicative of the type of performance he had today. He was running open constantly. This, when the Dolphins were in man coverage, which is a lot, he, uh, he was getting open against whether it be Ken Webster, Ryan Lewis, and he was always out there. And the reason why he was facing those two guys rather than Eric Rowe, who's their everyday starter, is because Eric Rowe can't handle someone with that type of speed and that sort of separation ability. So Brown just could have had a field day, but he didn't because Allen wasn't able to, to hit on the deep pass. There was another deep pass to Andre Roberts that he missed by about five yards. Take it back a few weeks ago. Um, I think it was the Patriots game, if I'm not mistaken, when Zay Jones was running. He beat his man down the sideline. Uh, beat his man by about two yards. Should have been in his hands for, for a touchdown, but it was overthrown by a good four yards. Like th- This is... And it's confusing because he was hitting these throws last year. Not well, all of them. Here's the numbers on it. Because right. I, I wrote but about last this year, over this the bye year, week. Right. He was... So he had... Let's assume he had two today, because I don't know if... It was Roberts and Brown. Those there ones may have been of. another one that traveled 30 yards in the air. Maybe not. Because um, that's the measure. A pass that traveled 30 yards in the air. He's now 0 for 10 this year. Mm-hmm. Last year, he was 3 of 24 for 174 yards, two touchdowns, and an interception. 3 of 24 is pretty bad, but he did have the home runs that kind of stick out and had his moments. But... The fact of the matter is he's one of the worst deep passers in football. And this year he statistically is the worst. So it's weird because stylistically there were questions about, you know, bringing in a guy like Cole Beasley, right? Mm-hmm. Would he have the skill set to take advantage of Cole Beasley? To this point, not so much. Cole Beasley has not been – he had a touchdown late today – but Cole Beasley has not quite been the factor that um, you know a lot of people were maybe hoping for. Also, stylistically, John Brown, you know, now John Brown can do more than just hit the deep ball, and that's why he gets a stat line like he had today. Mm-hmm. But he's capable of even more than that because he can hit that deep ball, and Josh Allen cannot right now. And teams are going to notice that. They probably already have, quite frankly. I mean... And to me, it's it's part of, I, I don't know if he finds it, maybe he does. He obviously has the arm, but the touch just is not there. Mm-hmm. And um, Cole Peasley even joked after the game, I was kind of surprised he did, uh, after Josh Allen ran in that two-point conversion uh, and threw the ball up into the stands. Uh, and, you know, talking to Cole Beasley about it, he's like, yeah, it looked like he tried to do the same thing on that throw to Dre. And he was laughing about it. He's joking, but it's like, it's kind of true. Like, he, <laughs> you know, he looks like he's trying to throw the ball out of the stadium on some of these. And, you know, I think part of it, too, is seeing things a half second late, which seems to be happening uh, a little bit too often. But, yeah, it's it's a... It's an issue. It's a big... I mean, 0 for 10. He hasn't hit one. And, and Before today. Yeah. 0 for 10. No, 0 for 8 coming into today. 0 for so, 8. Okay, I'm sorry. Assuming 0 for 2 today, he was 0 for 10. So, you know, there were the only other guys, this was heading into the Bills' bye week, so this may have changed, but there were only two other quarterbacks who had com- failed to complete a pass 30 or more yards in the air, 
and that was Jacoby Brissett and Jimmy Garoppolo, but they had four and two attempts as opposed to Allen's eight. Mm -hmm. So, um, and for all I know, they completed one one of the last two weeks. I'm not sure. Um, but, yeah, it's it's an issue considering the arm is part of why they drafted him, right? right. It's, it's his calling card. So then what is he if he's not able to hit deep passes? That's, like, what is his ceiling? I think he brought, brought up that. What is his ceiling now if that doesn't dramatically improve? And maybe not hitting every single throw because that's just impossible with with timing and not even the best quarterbacks hit every one of those deep ball throws but yeah it's a low percentage yeah. play in general but how about but not hitting, a zero percentage play how about hitting 20 percent like two out of ten how about that, hitting three of 24 three of 24 sure one out of every so eight. like you know like he did last year three of 24 is was that 12.75 percent yeah, it's not much, but when you hit one, it can go for a touchdown. I mean, it can change a game, and, and, you know, those big plays that this offense is supposed to be built on were, you know, have been lacking in some ways. Twelve and a half percent. You know, they, I don't know, it was it was a weird offensive game for this team, and, and they've had really, pretty much every, every offensive game has been a little bit weird at mm-hmm. this point. You know, they're... They haven't put together four quarters, and eventually they're going to need it. They've had one of the softest schedules in the league, uh, you know, through their first six games. Doesn't get dramatically harder, but it does get harder. So I, I think it all depends. If you're happy, you know, with if your expectations were at, hey, just need Josh Allen to improve a little bit, and if they make the playoffs, great. And you know, year four is when the big things start happening. Then. You're probably a happy camper, probably more than a happy camper at five and one. Uh, but if that hot start adjusted your expectations to the point where you're thinking this is a year to take advantage of of the down year in the AFC and and make a run at things, then you're probably a little concerned because they haven't made any of these games look easy, uh, mm-hmm. except for maybe the Giants one looked relatively easy. And then uh, the third quarter happened, and the Giants pulled within one score. Right. So, yeah, I guess really they haven't made any of these games look yeah. easy. And it's not easy to make games look easy in the NFL. You know, the the NFL is a, a tough league where, you know, a lot of games can be tight. But when you're 17-point favorites, you know, you should probably look like it, at, at, you know, for more than two quarters. It, it looked good early, right? I mean, they had the one drive that resulted in the field goal. They were like, moving the ball. Yeah. And, and, and that's that, kind of true of... Some of these other somewhat lousy games they've had sure. on defense. They move the ball and then little things throw them off. And then uh, even on defense, they forced Miami to get off the field in six plays to my count. And so that was good. And then the, the Bills go back down. They march it down again. They get another field goal, which, you know, call it what you will. It's still a scoring possession at the very least. And the Bills were able to take advantage of that. But... From that point forward, like they were just totally thrown off by everything the Dolphins were doing. I mean, I'll, I'll give a, a nice little tip of the hat, tip of the cap to uh, Brian Flores because he was confusing Josh Allen in the first half. There is no doubt. Like they, he wasn't able to get comfortable whatsoever. He was, it, it seemed like he was. At times, holding on the ball a bit too long. The the, uh, it, the Dolphins don't get pressure on the quarterback. The pressure is of Josh Allen's own doing. And when 
Unless he dials up a blitz, which is what he did on third downs, and, and that's what helped get the Bills off of the field. So that's why Flores kind of, you know, dipped into what his old teammates in New England did and just just to confuse and fluster Allen just enough to be able to get the advantage in those third down situations. But the Bills did adjust. The thing is, this wasn't an easy win, and it should have been. It's it's really it really boils down to that. It's concerning, but yet still a win. So the fact that it's it raises questions is probably a good thing for this team because now they have to do more self scouting and figure out okay where the hell did it go wrong? I know every player in that locker room is going to say. You know, this is another NFL team. They were in it till halftime with every other team besides the first game. But what is that really saying? That they were in it till halftime. They were out of it by the time the end of the third quarter was done. This is not a, a good Miami team. I know you have to take every team seriously and you have to continue to keep your edge. But they didn't. But I they did Exactly. I think that's kind of the problem. Right. They didn't. And, and they talked all week about it, but they didn't. And, you know... That is a psychological challenge that is not to be understated. When you know that the team you're playing against is lousy, it's hard to maintain that edge. And, you know, I wrote a couple weeks ago, I think after the Giants game, about how they were going to have to learn to play as front runners because they're going to be favored in other games down the stretch. And I think, you know, we talked about maintaining those big picture goals and focusing on that because i mean you, you could have ruined it mm-hmm. you know if you're four and two with a loss to the dolphins there's a lot of questions so you know at five and one they're in the driver's seat for a wild card spot at the very least and you know there's a shot that the patriots lose to the jets tomorrow i mean you know weirder things have happened i mean they're still in the race in the division uh, but the fact they came out flat they and you know that's bound to happen once in a while and like you said it's nice to get the wake-up call and still get the win yeah um, you know that combination doesn't always happen but yeah the the idea of oh these guys get paid too and yada yada they didn't treat them that way oh you know they can say that but they didn't treat them that way in the first half especially on the the defensive side of the ball they didn't know really what they were kind of looking at and you know to get blown off the ball to me means you came out flat to let that offensive line manhandle you regardless of whether they hit you with runs you weren't expecting because come on like that offensive line's really bad yes it is. and there's no other way around it ryan fitzpatrick is turning 37 next month like you could argue Ryan Fitzpatrick should never be doing that to you at any age. Well, but, wasn't but, the fountain of youth found somewhere in the state of Florida? Eh, I believe well, it he was. has been hanging out down there a lot the last few years. With what was he? He was in Tampa before this, right? So I don't know, man. Yeah, St. Augustine, Florida. There you go. How close is that to to Miami? That's near Jacksonville, I think. St. Augustine is. You oh, you would know with Jacksonville. I'm pretty sure it's a little bit south of Jackson. St. Augustine, Florida. If my geography is correct. The, it is, uh, yes. The ancient, little south it, it's, of Florida. Uh, the old, some old city or something. It's got some name. Uh, the Atlantic it's, Coast. It's uh, It's got some nickname. Why do it's you know It's supposed to be really nice. I don't know. Yeah, Ponce de Leon's Fountain of Youth. Yeah, there you go. It's right in there. Look at you. Perhaps he's been 
swinging around down there. I don't know. Not the best game from Fitzpatrick, but good enough to hang around. And well, yeah, there were a lot of people I know. I'm sure there were a lot of people that were sending me notes on Twitter or you know in the comments of stories, being like, "Man, I don't feel good about this Dolphins game." And it was like, I guess they were onto something. Yeah, because that Fitzpatrick guy, he he puts a scare into these these Bills fans. Yes, he certainly does. And you know, maybe he's the starter in a month. When they play him again, maybe they go back to Rosen because at that point they're, what, 0-8, 0-9. But, wow, this is a uh, – I used the word before, and I just think it's apt for the moment. Such a sobering win, if there is such a thing. I mean, they escaped. Not like barely escaped, but it was an escape of, of some form because – they, the Dolphins were on the doorstep of a victory, and Trey White snatched it back. So good on him for stepping up in a big moment, and what a day for Tredavious Second White. Second time he was, he's done that. He was awesome Bengals today. game, too. He was on another level today. He's a really good player. Mm-hmm. He, and he is. Come through in big moments for them in two games that they could have easily lost. And... Uh, you know that's what you need. You need players like that uh, because they don't seem to get. You know they're not getting the turnovers or the big splash plays on defense the way, um, you know, you'd want them to. But a lot of them are coming from Trey White, mm-hmm. and uh, he forced the fumble today too. So uh, definitely huge game from him. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's um, get into some awards here. Um, the first of which is the Matt Barkley Award for the player that seemingly came out of nowhere to surprise in a positive manner, I should say. Uh, let's see. I don't even have the game book open. You're gonna have to. Do you have one? I feel like we almost should give the honorary uh, award to Fitz. To Ryan Fitzpatrick? I feel like, he, you know, I know we usually keep it Bills related, but I mean... Who came out of nowhere? Patrick DeMarco? Yeah. In a way. 27 <laughs> yards? Like I think he only had like 120 in his career. And he had that four-yard run to get them out the shadow of their own goalpost. Look at him go. On that 98-yard yeah, drive. Yeah, Patty so, D. Let's go Patrick DeMarco. Patrick DeMarco. 21 catch for 27 yards. Had more total yards than Devin Singletary today. How about that for a stat? How about the over-under on Devin Singletary's rushing yards was somewhere in the 30s? And he hit under. 26. Vegas always knows. Man, crazy. Um, all right. The Vontae Davis Award for the player that did not show up in the second half. I'll give that to good old Dawson Knox. Uh, had the drop in the first half. And then in the second half, they started to go to Tyler Croft a bit more than they were in the first half. I mean, they were running some three tight end sets, but the the times where Dawson Knox was solely the only tight end on the field, that pretty much came to a came to its conclusion in the second half. So I'm I'm going to give also, it to him. He, I think he, he also had a penalty in the second. Right. Half, if he, I'm not mistaken. I mean, lots of mental mistakes, and the drops are an issue with him. Yeah, they there's, are. There's no doubt. This is. It's not as though it's just one or two games. It's happened almost every game now. Yeah, it's it's part of who he is at this point, and yep. sometimes you. You know, TJ Hawkinson has sort of struggled with drops in Detroit as well. Which is unexpected. Which is, that's not him. <laughs> yeah. So, 
it's hard to really say whether this is Dawson Knox or not because he didn't get the ball much in college. But, you know, maybe something he'll grow out of. But in the present, in the, you know, right now, it's a concern for sure. How about the uh, Dre Archer award to the player that didn't show up at all? That's a, let's see. I mean, you could almost go Tyler Cross. He's not even on the game right. book. But it is his first game back. I might go Singletary. Yeah, Singletary was, was pretty invisible. Not all his fault. They're not getting him involved still, which is a somewhat... He didn't have a touch until the second quarter. Decision. It's a little bit odd. Yeah, um, I agree. You know who I'm going to go with? And, I mean, he was certainly out there, but I'm going to go Levi Wallace. Mm. He got beat quite a bit today mm -hmm. and you know without going back and watching it's hard to know the exact numbers on what he was uh to blame for in terms of catches given up but there were some they were going after him and um that's something to watch going forward is if other teams try to attack him in a similar manner because it's not as if the dolphins were rolling out you know future hall of famers at receiver um Slap quotient pretty high on that receiver depth chart. <laughs> Fans will be happy that uh, slap quotient was, was working. Preston Williams. Preston Williams. Went for six for 82. Devontae Parker, five for 55. I mean, yeah, I'll give that one to Levi Wallace. Yeah, it, it was interesting. Maurice well, Alexander with the honorable mention. Yes. He was, that was tough. Yeah. Tough game for him. The, uh, the Dolphins were trying to get as big as possible after that first drive, like I had mentioned. And it forced the Bills into base defense. And in doing so, it kind of... And once they started getting some traction on the ground, it it sucked all the Bills defenders in. And so they were basically selling out to contain the run. And they switched their coverages up to man defense. And primarily, this is a zone-based defense. And that's what Levi Wallace is best at. So he was getting beat in man coverage quite a bit. So that's... Yeah, that's uh, that might be a problem area, but something they need to rectify. Also, a a, a a slight problem area. Well, maybe not a slight. I'm I'm looking forward to watching the tape, but the defensive tackle play today, like in stopping the run, that that was uh, well, I'll I will wait to see what happened, what actually happened, but it wasn't promising based on what we saw in in that game. So uh, there's that. All right, come on, Darlene, time. Uh, I have one. Go um, for it. I am going to give my Come On Darlene Award to Josh Allen. Here's why. Can't even throw it over the 200s? You can't? I'm glad you went with that because I had two and that was one of them. So I'm glad you're, you went with that because I am with you. If you're going to throw the ball. Throw it over the 200s, man. In the stands, throw it out of the 200s. He's like, and he went for it too. Yeah, he didn't. And he was like up. four rows shy. And don't tell me that. He hasn't practiced that before. Oh, he definitely has. He, want, <laughs> he wanted it badly. Um, it didn't work. I'll tell you what. I mean, probably risking some serious injury there. Oh, absolutely. When do you ever throw the ball he's as hard as you can? He's going to get fined for that. Oh, yeah, he's definitely going to get fined. Um, I think it's but, like ten grand or something. Risking substantial injury because you're never throwing the ball that hard. You know what I mean? I mean, unless you're, unless you're throwing a Nerf ball from one side of the stadium right. out of the stadium. Pretty much never in, never in a game or practice throwing the ball that hard with everything you've got. Probably should be a little more mindful of your shoulder. And if you're going to do it, get it out of the 200s. 
You know what commercial I'm talking about, right? John Elway throw, yeah. throwing it out. <laughs> I have to put it on. Uh, throwing it out of the freaking stadium and just sailing with the stupid little <laughs> tail on it. The vortex. Farthest passing quarterback. Look at this thing. <laughs> was pretty great. <laughs> I used to love those things. You had to throw them just right, though. You did. Because otherwise they'd go... Pass over tea kettle. Here's some and here's some slappy chucking it a hundred yards. What college is he at? Oh, the more the vortex mega flight. Are you not even gonna throw it? All right, John Elway, I'm done with you. This Probably is... to save his arm. Yeah, there you go. But yeah, I'm John Elway you. knew. If you're gonna throw it, throw it out of the two hundreds. All right, but somebody got a souvenir. Yeah, they did. I'm gonna give my come on, Darlene, and it's not a it's this won't be a, a bracket buster or anything, but it's what I would like to. Make a point about, come on, Darlene, to whoever gave Ed Oliver a sack on that play. Uh, and I don't know if that sack is going to hold up when they do the official stat reviews later in the week. That guy's been, and I'm, I'm coming at it from this angle, that guy's been dying to get a sack. And he's going to say his first NFL sack was that. I mean, that, they, take it. they all count the same, but... Sure. It, for those who don't remember, the play was Ryan Fitzpatrick threw the ball backwards to Albert Wilson, and it appeared that Albert Wilson was perhaps going to try a double pass. Oh, he cocked his arm back. But it wasn't as if it was blatantly obvious. He he was also attempting to run, and I don't you know I don't know at what point how many double passes can you have and it still be considered a sack? Seventy, because they're considered quarterback sacks. And so that guy was a runner. That was the same as if he threw a pitch. And then, I don't know. I just think, I don't think that should be a sack. It might not be by the end of the week. And it's certainly a, a pretty lousy way to get your first sack. I'm going to make a prediction. I think that, come on, Darlene, will not make it out of the first round. Oh, no, I don't think so. <laughs> Unless uh, it gets matched up with something pretty terrible. I don't think so either because I know I've got, I've got better in me. Uh, <laughs> but I've, had, I've had multiple better, I think, in this... Uh, this first part of the season. I know what wins, but I had to get that off my chest. It doesn't stand a chance against the the urinal discussions. Or, Sometimes or you can't fingers. give the people what they want. you got to give them what they need. Yeah. And today, I, I just needed to get that off my chest. Okay. I, I'm here for it. Um, yeah. So, the Bills, 5-1, and one, despite all of the, the talk that it wasn't their best. Still won. Still counts. And just even furthering the implications that if this thing unravels what a huge collapse it would be but but we're not i mean they've won five out of six games they've won 83 percent. so we can't be too incredibly critical of them because they have still gotten the job done five out of six times and very nearly six out of six times um had it not been for a complete misfire on a punt uh, against the new england patriots so, the Bills will next be in action against the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, I'm sure some of you will uh, will be watching the Sunday night game, as will we, to figure out who this uh, Eagles team really is and and to see how the, uh, the Bills stack up against them because the Eagles have a pretty fire matchup against the Dallas Cowboys, who have lost each of their last three games and will be at home. So, if Philly loses this game, who boy, three and four Philly, Coming into Buffalo, looking to save their season. Yeah, watch out. Watch out for that spot. Um, 
All right. So the next time we'll speak with you will be uh, for our subscriber-only podcast on the Athletic Podcast Network. And then uh, we'll have our preview show, as always, for you on Friday. So for Matthew Fairburn, my name is Joe Biscaglia. Thank you to everyone for listening to the Buffalo Beat. Please rate and subscribe us on, on whichever channel you uh, you listen to us. And we will talk to you in the middle of next week. See you then.